Are you listening? How many would say, Pastor, I'm going to do my best to listen this morning? Not because of me, but because what I'm about to declare to you is the Word of God, and it's worth listening to. Amen? All right. From 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called. Can you say that with me? The Lord called. Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here I am. Would you say that with me? Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. And again, say it with me, The Lord called Samuel. And the Lord God called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Say, here I am. You called me, my son, Eli said. I did not call. Go back and lie down. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called. Notice that. The Lord called three times. Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you say that with me? Your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Say, your servant is listening. One more time before you're seated, would you say, are you listening? As we were singing this morning, talking about the king, the Lord began to kind of just dump some things into my mind. Uh, can I tell you that God is never through with revelation from his word? He's constantly speaking to us. He's constantly bringing to our mind and and opening up our minds to receive his word. And, and as I was, uh, we were singing this morning and talking about that he is the king. And I began to think about uh, this book of 1 Samuel. And Samuel was a prophet of God, the Bible tells us. One of the greatest that Israel ever experienced. Eli, the priest of God, was not letting things go as God wanted them to. His sons were running amok. We talked about that. But along comes Samuel, and Samuel will introduce to Israel the first and the second king that they would have. He'll introduce Saul that we know uh, was a bad and an evil king. He'll introduce David, and the Bible declares that David was a man after God's own heart. And how many have struggled with that because you know that uh, David was an adulterer. David uh, did commit sins, but the thing that was after God's heart was that he would come back to God. He would return. He would repent. 
you, you see, uh, as long as we're uh, willing to repent and come back to the Lord, that He will receive us. Can I get an amen this morning? Now, that's not a license to sin. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is there is a king that sits on the throne. Here's Samuel that had introduced the physical first two kings. But why did he do that? Because Israel was not satisfied with the one king that they already had, the Lord. How many would say that he's the king? Amen. Is he the king of your heart? Is he the king of your life? Have you placed him there? We were uh, singing, and, and, and uh, the Bible tells us that the Lord is enthroned by the praises of his people. In other words, uh, he's already there enthroned, but yet we make him king of our life because we worship and adore him and praise him. How many have made the Lord king of your life? And we begin to look at this text and we see that that God is moving that God is always doing things how many knows that God's always moving in the background doing things setting things up and now if you didn't hear the first two sermons that I preached on first Samuel chapter 1 and chapter 2 uh, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those online you can find those on Facebook live you can find those uh, through the podcast that we subscribe to you can find those on uh, YouTube, all of those kinds of things. But let me just catch you up a little bit. First Samuel chapter 1. We're introduced by a, uh, to a young lady named Hannah. And she is struggling and she is suffering from the plight of being barren. In other words, she cannot have children. But she prayed. How many knows that prayer still changes things? Amen? But she prayed and God heard her and God honored her prayer and God gave her a son and she named him Samuel and she dedicated him to serve in the temple of God. Now when she brings him, she imagine if you're bringing your son and he's no longer going to live with you but you have dedicated him to serve the Lord and when she comes, uh, she doesn't express uh, uh, the what she's feeling, but she begins to worship God. How many knows that you can worship God, whether things are going good, bad, ugly, whether things are perfect, whether you can worship God, and that is a lesson for us. It doesn't ha everything doesn't have to be going right for me in order for me to worship the Lord. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Uh, and so we we see this happening, and while she's worshiping the Lord, she gets this revelation of who God is. He's a rock, she says. How many knows that you can uh, put your foot on that rock, Jesus, that you can uh, trust in the Lord, that he's a foundation for your faith. He's the finisher of your faith. He's all of those things. So you can know that he's your rock. And then what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, she recognized that he is a holy God. He's a holy God. He is a God that is beyond his creation he is a God that sits on the throne he does not do things wrong he is in charge he's holy the angels fly around the throne singing holy is the Lord he is the mighty God the creator of the universe and he deserves our praise can I get an amen look at your neighbor and say God's holy and as we 
uh, look at this. Here is Hannah, and she brings her son, and there's a direct contrast between Eli, who is the priest, his sons who are evil and are doing just unspeakable things there at the altar and there at the temple. And there's a contrast between Samuel, who is serving the Lord. How many knows that if God is king, then we are his servants? We might struggle with that, but we're his servants. We're called to be obedient to God. And as we look at this, here are Hophni and Phinehas, which are the sons of Eli, and they're being very disobedient to the Lord. They're they're uh, doing their own thing. They're sinning. They're doing all of these things. But Samuel is serving the Lord. I may have determined that you're going to serve the Lord this morning. Amen? And the Bible begins to, in chapter 3, the contrast continues between this young boy Samuel and Eli's family. And Samuel continues to minister to the Lord. But we're introduced to a very discouraging and a very disparaging situation because of the corruptness of uh, the priesthood, because of the hardness of Israel's heart. The Bible tells us that the word of the Lord was rare. There was no hearing God's word. There was God's scriptures. There was uh, the law, but no one was really hearing and listening to the word. And so uh, the simple question for us today, which we've repeated a couple of times now, is are you listening? It was a famine of the Word. And can I tell you that, you know, many times we pray for God to bring revival and God to send revival. But revival always accompanies a pr prominence of the Word of God. Yes, God moves by His power and God moves by His Spirit in times of revival. But there is a prominence of the Word of God. How many have sat in uh, services before where the Spirit of God moved? And many times I uh, and people were uh, healed and all kinds of things. And, and many people would say, well, Pastor, there's, is there really a need for the Word of God? Yes, there is. Because God's Word is to take a place of prominence. Are you listening? Look at your neighbor and ask him again. Are you listening? The word of God was rare. There was a scarcity of revelation. In other words, uh, uh, God's word was there, but yet people were not hearing and understanding it. There was a famine of the word of God. There weren't many visions. The spiritual gifts of God were not prominent at this time. No one was hearing a word from God. As a matter of fact, the only time in the first three chapters that we hear a word from God, it was a word that God was going to punish Eli and punish his sons. Such a scarcity, what a tragedy. That, that is the only thing that, uh, that the people have heard, this word of judgment. Let me ask you, can you see a spiritual decline here in Israel? as we look at it? Can you see a spiritual decline in America and the church of America? Can we see that uh, we there is a scarcity of 
revelation that there is a scarcity of the Word of God. But I want you to know that there's still hope for America. Amen? For God's Word declares if my people will humble themselves and pray, if they'll seek my face, then God will hear from heaven and he will heal the land. How many knows we need a healing in this land? Amen? Uh, so we're to hear the word of God. We uh, must lift up and, and have a state uh, of prominence for the word of God. We look at this story. Eli was laying down. His eyes had grown dim. He could barely see. And as we look at this, there's a, a typology that is happening uh, is that Eli, his state of his mind, the state of his body, the state of his eyes, there is a direct comparison to Israel. Picture of that state of Israel's religion, not a relationship. Israel's religion lacking revelation, lacking a vision, dying and dead because there was no word being heard. Eli had turned a blind eye to his sons and he had become an ineffective leader. I can say a lot right there, but let's move on. There was no word. There was no power. There was no vision coming from Eli's leadership. What a tragedy. Israel is in a terrible state. And then we look at this one simple phrase, and it says the lamp of God had not yet gone out. What does that mean? That means that it's still early in the morning. The lamps inside of the temple would burn throughout the night until early in the morning. It was early. And Samuel begins to hear from God. But figuratively, it's an expression of what God is about to do to Eli and to his sons. For the candle is about to be snuffed out. How many have seen people take a candle and light it and then just take your simple fingers like this and just touch the wick and it'll go out? That is about what is about to happen uh, to Eli and to his sons. But thank God somebody is hearing the Lord. Can I get an amen? I, I believe that we need to hear from the Lord. I think you came here this morning to hear from the Lord. I believe that God is still speaking and He's still moving. He's still uh, doing things in our lives. And here's Samuel laying in the temple. And the Bible tells us he's near the ark of God. Not in the holy of holies, but next to it, close to it, this physical representation and manifestation of God's glory and God's holiness and God's presence can I tell you that when you get into the presence of God hear me that you ought to expect to hear from God whenever you're worshiping God whenever you're in his word whenever you're serving and obeying God then you ought to expect to hear his voice I'm not talking about necessarily an audible voice, but I'm talking about to hear him speak to your spirit, to tell you things. God, give us a revelation of your word, a, a revelation of what you desire to do in this place. And I tell you, that's why you hear tongues and interpretation 
words of wisdom, words of knowledge, when we have been in a place of worshiping the Lord. Are you listening? Are you listening? Samuel's response, here I am. What a beautiful response. Uh, here is Samuel, a young boy, and he still thinks it's Eli that he's hearing, but he is serving the one that is in charge of him. Uh, and there's a lesson in that, that we ought to serve those that God has put in charge of us. Not that they're the Lord, but they serve the Lord, and we are all serving the Lord. And here we see Samuel, and he hears a voice calling out his name. And he replies, here I am. Here I am, God. Here I am. What a beautiful response. Notice that Samuel hears his name. This ought to speak to you. God knows your name. He does. He knows your name. The creator, are you telling me, pastor, that the creator who created all of the vast extents of the universe and, and all of the sun and the moon and the stars and all of these things and the intricacies of our biology and the cells and all of this, and God knows my name. What a precious thought. Samuel. Samuel. But he's also crying out. Kitty, say, Linda, Steve, Kelly. He's calling out our names. He knows us. And he speaks to us, not just corporately like that we're drawn together here, but he speaks to each one of us in our minds and through his word. And when we worship him, I tell you that one of the highest forms of worship is obedience to God's word. We don't think about that. We think about falling down. We think about singing. We think about all kinds of things as being worshiped. But are we really obeying God's word? That's true worship. That's, that's worship from the heart because God has declared his word. And if we're obedient, that means we're following after him. We're worshiping him. Here's this voice. It's interesting to me that Samuel hears an audible voice. I, I've never really heard God audibly, but I certainly, uh, can I get a witness, have heard God speak into my spirit, have heard God uh, speak into my mind and, and declare things and decree things in my life and tell me to do things or not to do things. God knows your name. Samuel hears this audible voice. He heard it. We should hear God's voice. Are you in tune with God's voice? Are you in tune with it? Or is everything else drowning out God's voice in your life? How many want to hear from the Lord? Let's be honest. We want to hear. But do we really take steps to hear from the Lord? Do we desire Him? Do we seek Him? Do we worship Him? Do we obey Him? Do we dig into His Word? Because God hasn't stopped speaking, but sometimes we've stopped listening. 
what did you do with the word that you last heard God speak? Let's get real here. If God has declared something to you and told you to do something and you heard it and you didn't obey it and you didn't move on it and you didn't act, what would make you think that God's going to speak again until you've been obedient to that, next, that first word? Somebody say, ouch. See, we are to listen, but listening is taking action. We're to be not only hearers of God's word, but doers of his word. Now, I love you, and I, I, I want to tell you that I love you, and I love you enough to tell you that if God has spoken to your mind and to your heart and you're supposed to do something, goodness, you need to do it. You need to do it. Are you listening? Look at your neighbor one more time. Say, are you listening? Are you listening to God's voice? Are you listening, uh, or has his voice become unfamiliar to you? Here is Samuel. He's a young boy. We can't really blame him, but he does not recognize the voice of God. I believe mostly because his leadership has not been listening to the voice of God either. Here is Eli, and it took him, my goodness, three times to recognize that God was trying to speak to the young man that he was in charge of. Oh, my goodness, leadership. We need to hear from God. We need to recognize his voice. We need to know when he is speaking to us so that we can speak to other people and recognize when God is trying to talk to them. Three times. Samuel, Samuel. You see, God was calling him, but he didn't recognize the voice yet. Can I tell you that you can practice hearing from God? Pastor, how do you practice from hearing and hearing God? Eli gave Samuel some advice. He said, go lay down. So I need to go lay down, right, Pastor, and take me a nap. What does that mean? Go get quiet. Steal your mind and steal your heart. Make it be still so that you can hear God's voice. Meditate upon God's word. Worship him. Put on some uh, good worship music. Maybe some without even words. So that you can hear God speak to your life. Hear his voice. Practice hearing God. I'm telling you something. This is, this is how you hear from God. Take his word and read a verse and read it over and over and over again. And then pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, God, what are you saying? Are you listening? Are you listening? Because he's still speaking. He's still speaking. Here, God begins to call Samuel. He's calling him. And he's constantly calling us. He's calling us to a new level in him. Calling us to hear his voice. You need to learn to hear God for yourself. Can I get an amen? If you are waiting on me to give you every word of God for your life, you're going to miss out. Because you and I aren't here enough for you to hear every word that God wants to speak to you. But the good news is, he wrote it all down. 
The good news is you can practice listening to him. And, and can I tell you, but you ought not to miss church because it's in the corporate setting that God speaks things into your life and into the life of the church, and we all come together and we get our marching orders to do what God's called us to do. God's always calling us to make a difference in this world. If you're hearing something that's just going to build up yourself, you're hearing self and not God. Lord, thank you, Lord. I don't know why you're having me preach it this way. If you're just looking for something to hear, something that's just going to build up yourself and your edification, it's probably not God because God is about building up his kingdom. It's about souls. Jesus came that those who were lost would be saved. Are you hearing his voice? Are you listening? If you're here today and you've not made Christ the Lord of your life, are you listening? Oh, I know. There's some in here right now that have walked away from God. You served God for a while, but you walked away and you stopped hearing his voice now. But there's the Spirit whispering in your ear, Come. Come. Come home. Come back to me. Are you listening? He's calling for the prodigals to come home. Those who have strayed, you're not bad because you strayed. You're bad. <laughs> you're not bad. You strayed from God. And you need to come back. You need to repent. You need to come back. Turn. Are you hearing God's voice? Are you listening? Are you listening to his voice? The Bible tells us that Jesus said, My sheep will hear my voice. My sheep will hear my voice. What are you saying when you hear his voice? Are you saying, Not now? Not now, God. I've got plans. Not now, God. I'm too young to be tied up in serving you. Not now, God, I want to do my own thing. He's calling you. Are you listening? He's got a call on your life. Are you hearing him? And if you are this morning, what is your response? Here I am. Here I am. Billy Graham always had a song sung in his revivals. Just as I am, I come. Are you hearing his voice? Do you feel the beckoning call of the Holy Spirit? Come back to God. Hear him. Revelation 3.20 tells us this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Get the picture. God is standing at the door of your life, your heart, and he is knocking on it and hear this he says if any man hears my voice and opens the door I will come in unto him wow God's knocking are you hearing he's crying out to you come home are you hearing this is not just a call for the sinner but it's a call for us because many times we've strayed and we've not really heard God's voice or we haven't reacted to it. But do you hear his voice? Wow, I feel it this morning. 
See, the work of the Holy Spirit is to draw people to God, and His Spirit is moving right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your power that is drawing and convicting hearts and lives. God, I pray that you would draw your people to you. That you would move in their hearts and lives, God. Help them to come to a decision for you, Lord. To hear your voice, God. To be obedient, to say, here I am. Hallelujah. If that's you this morning that the Spirit is talking to, in just a moment I'm going to ask us all to stand. I'm going to ask the worship team to sing and to lead us back into the presence of God. But if that is you this morning, I want you to find a place to pray. God is calling very strongly right now. If that's you, and you need to make things right with God whether you've been saved before or not or this will be the first time that you've ever called on the Lord it's your time if you're here this morning and you are saved and you have been saved and and the spirit of God lives and dwells in you but it's been a while since you've really heard from him he's calling out to you come my child Come back. Come back to the Father. He'll greet you with open arms. He'll put a robe on your back and a ring on your finger as the parable of the prodigal son declares. And He'll receive you back in and all of heaven will rejoice at you coming back to the Lord.